True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. Thank you for joining me today for the podcast, Creating a Conscious Mindset. I'm Weston Jolly. You probably won't like what I have to say today, (laughs) and that's okay. I wasn't initially thrilled either, but currently you've got a problem. You are bombarded with things that are assaults on your mind. Every day, there is a new agenda of things that are directed for you to think about. It's endless. Many will benefit from your programming, but you won't. To understand what I mean by your mind being programmed, think about all television programming. You watch what the TV industry wants you to watch. TV executives go even further to advertise their TV programs everywhere. Consider how many ads you hear on the radio or ads you see via billboards or via apps on your phone as you commute or run an errand. This is just for TV programming. It's really a game of sorts because a very few select people give you what they want you to see. But there's a problem. They don't know what you like, so they have to guess. It's been said, a lot of times people don't know what they want until we show them. Plainly speaking, the assault on your mind is programming. This is the problem. If it's not your program, then whose is it? In my opinion, this is one of the hardest tasks in our collective spiritual journey. It isn't necessarily hard to understand, That's the easy part, that someone wants to program your mind. The hard part is you're taking back control or the direction. You may counter that it's not that big a deal to be seduced into watching a television program or two. And let me be equally clear, it's not. But what is a big deal is when you give up your total ability to spiritually connect because you've allowed your mind to be programmed by everyone but you. I'm talking about the habit of letting other people do all your programming. Maybe you're still unsure that this is a real threat. Consider all your years of schooling. How much of the time in school did you choose subjects, classes, or your curriculums? Even in college, you're told what classes to take to get this degree or that degree. It's all a part of the training, and it actually begins with your parents or guardians. To be honest, this is normal. In the beginning. We all need training, help, and even program routines to function, but not exclusively. If you really want to connect spiritually, you must be willing to let go of all your perspectives and programming. This may sound like another pitch for someone who wants to get in your head and tell you what to do. Actually, it's just the opposite. The intention here is to honor your mind, but set it aside and to let your higher self offer you guidance and direction. You may be thinking, I've heard this before, but the key is not just having the awareness, but you feeling compelled to do something about it. 
If you're one of these people who want to make a change, and I mean really want to make a change, come forward. Everything I'm about to share is super simple, but the trick is in the application of these three simple points. Today, I want to offer you three main points to empowering you to how to reprogram the way you think. The reason? So you can invite your higher self to offer you true knowledge, guidance, peace, happiness, and even abundance. I want to make these three points very simple to remember. So I want you to think of eating three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Going forward, every time you eat a meal, I want you to consider these three points. In fact, I want you to attach each point to each of these meals. I'm going to give you these three points right now. The three points are meditation, desire, and action. Now let's talk about the first point of reprogramming your mind. And this point is meditation. You've heard of the word and you know that it can mean a lot of things. But let me share with you how we're not using the word. Meditation isn't rest. Meditation isn't just being silent, taking a nap, or just being quiet. I want you to think and associate the first point and the word meditation with breakfast. If I ask you the second that you wake up in the morning, what do you want for breakfast? You may grumble or say something that has already been pre-programmed in your mind. For example, you may have a habit of saying coffee without thinking. What I'm interested in sharing with you is the last part of that previous sentence, which is without thinking thinking. Our first point is to clear all the existing programming from your mind. And the best and fastest way to do that is for you to stop thinking. I told you it would be easy. (laughs) Well, right here, you may find one of the biggest challenges. The thought of not thinking appears to be easy when in fact it isn't. Don't believe me? Let's take a little test. I'll give you one minute not to think. That's right. I'll be quiet, but I'm still sitting here and esoterically tuning into you to see if you're actually not thinking. Give it a try. Remember, I'm asking you to meditate for one minute without thinking. Ready, set, go. Okay, that was only a minute. What things were you thinking about? Did you think about me? (laughs) You might if I were sitting across from you watching you as you meditated. Maybe you were thinking about work. Maybe about current events. Maybe about your relationships. Maybe you noticed feeling uncomfortable, hot, cold, stiff, hungry. Every one of these things constitutes a thought. If you were driving or doing another task, maybe you were required to think about what was around you. Let me give you another little hint on how not to think. Think about your breath. To really meditate, you want to use your breath as a tool. 
What this does for you is offers your mind some direction and focus, while your real job is to let go. So if your mind slips into a thought, then focus back on your breath and breathe. If you're so inclined, I've written a tiny but powerful little book called Just Breathe. Just Breathe is exactly what you think it is, a simple but strong tool for you to stop thinking while you breathe to meditate. Again, very powerful. Okay, what I'm about to admit about meditation comes from a place of candor. I'm not encouraging you to get a guided meditation, whereby you hear somebody talking or where you hear music, or for that matter, drums or other ambient sounds. Nope, if you're going to focus on anything, it's going to be your breath. And if you hear anything like traffic sounds, people talking, birds, dogs, footsteps in or around where you live, I want you to appreciate that these things and sounds are there, but focus entirely on your breath. Okay, do you have it? Before you get out of bed in the morning to have breakfast and before you start thinking, remember this first point, which is meditation. The second point to consciously changing the way you think is desire. By lunchtime, you're awake, alert, and exercising your new thoughts with desire. Desire is the gear to making things happen. Don't get caught trying to change the order of these three points. What I'm saying is, you don't eat dinner before lunch. It's always breakfast, lunch, and dinner in that order, which is translated as meditation, desire, and action. When you clear your past programming with meditation, you clean the dry erase board of your mind. If you don't place something there, it will get filled for you. Putting in your desire is the key. To do so, be clear and let it be inserted like any other order. Imagine going out to lunch, even if you're with a bunch of other people. Let me encourage you to eat what you want to eat. It's not important what today's special is at the restaurant or what anyone else is ordering. It's imperative that you put yourself first by placing your order which is done through your desire. I'll go to such lengths to say that if you've mistakenly happened into this restaurant and they don't have what you desire, leave. Your desire appropriately comes first. I'm not suggesting that you can't listen to lunchtime specials that aren't aligned with your desire, but be aware, not persuaded. Be clear and definitive. And like ordering lunch, even if you don't know an assortment of the other details associated with your request, place your order. The universe goes crazy with excitement when the desire is made energetically clean. What I mean is that there's no interference, noise, distraction. It's a clean order of desire. This is why a clean mindset is imperative to putting out your desires. Desires that have conflicting values, they oftentimes don't seed well. To understand how to plant a desire easily and without conflict, watch any child put forth his or her desire. <laughs> There's no thinking that they can't. It doesn't matter how, how expensive or how easy the item is to get. The child just knows that they want it. This is really all you need to know about desire. But since you're likely an adult, I'm going to share what happens when your desire is mixed with interference. Imagine being at your favorite restaurant at lunchtime again, and you place your order, but you keep changing your mind. The waiter or the waitress keeps scratching out each of your previous orders. The order is captured, and the energy associated with it is conveyed to the kitchen. When desires are presented in a confusing energy, they are slowed down because of this lack of clarity. This is especially true if you have a conflicting value, 
such as, I can't. If you think you can't because of previous programming, then this dilutes the otherwise pure and simple means of your desire. Therefore, in using the second point, which is putting forth your desire, make it super clear. Also, consider making your request in the present tense, such as, I'll have a glass of water. Do not make your desires with requests such as, I hope you have some water. Again, be simple and specific to make your desires like you did when you were a child. This will come back to you, even if you haven't practiced it in quite a while. And the more desires you present, the more desires that are filled. Our third point in reprogramming your mind is action. I want you to think of associating your actions at dinner time. As you reprogram your mind, you will be asked to act. However, it's unlikely you will be asked to act alone. Whatsoever is asked of you is easy because, after all, it's your desire that's being fulfilled. If you think of this whole process of reprogramming your mind as fun, then this last point of being called to act is outrageously exciting. Imagine playing volleyball while you attended high school. When it becomes time to be called into the game, it's thrilling. Now is your chance to be even more tangibly involved. Don't be fooled into thinking that when you're called into action that you're doing it all alone. You could never play uh, competition volleyball all by yourself. And so is the nature of reprogramming your mind. Only your mind, with all of its separateness, would present this thought that you have to do it alone. Don't be fooled. Allow anyone and everyone to help you in participating with your desire. Before we conclude reprogramming your mind using these three points, meditation, desire, and action, let me tie them all together from a spiritual perspective. Through meditation, you actually open yourself to hear, see, feel, and know a universal presence. It's truly a special space when you position yourself to clear and then ultimately open to your higher self or source. Through desire, you instruct the universe what it is that you want to create. You are born with a natural desire to connect. The only way this becomes dormant is when you allow your mind to become dominant. Placing your desire before the universe is literally what you were born to do. Then there's action. Action is where you get involved in supporting your desire. It's also where you allow others to support and help. Esoterically speaking, this part, should it be your desire, is very important. As you put forth action, spirit will want to collaborate with you very directly. This is very important to understand, and this is why removing all of the old programming is important. What I'm saying is that if you are called to action, that you don't allow some old programming to come forth and discredit, or worse, not allow your desire to manifest. Breathe. Coming from a meditative space, put forth your desire and act as you're called to do so. Let me leave you with this story to cement your new understanding in applying these three points in reprogramming. This is a personal story of something I will never forget. Some time ago, way before I was quote, consciously aware. My wife and family were back in the woods, actually outside of Sedona, had been taken along a beautiful walk, and we were had stopped to eat lunch, and we were by this stream. And the stream, of course, was flowing, and the kids were out playing, and the stream was small in that particular area, enough so that each child could actually get on those slippery rocks that were covered with moss and slide down, um, well a rock formation that acted like a slide. 
they were having that and screaming and having a wonderful time. And I was contemplating. You could actually say that I was in a meditative state. Now, I have to be honest, I wasn't consciously aware of how to meditate, but I can say that I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just there, present. That's really saying something because for me, certainly from my historical perspective, and certainly within my personality, um, being present wasn't necessarily something that came really easy. So somehow, through this, again, walk or journey back to the end of Oak Creek, uh, we were just sitting and I was just in this meditatively open space. And in that space, something came to me. It was a desire. And the desire came forth in a question. And the question was very sincere. And actually, I feel a great deal of emotion with it still to this moment because little did I know that that was the beginning of something that would be happening later. But in that particular moment, I asked the question, is God with us? That was a thought. My desire was to have a connection, a spiritual connection that went beyond just having knowledge that if there is an entity or a source or a God, but rather the intimate connection that would include my being able to connect with such a being or beings, and certainly that for the benefit of my family. Now, having had that thought, which I did not orate out loud, I just put it forth, but it was very strong, that desire, then suddenly something took place. I noticed in this very open and beautiful space that there was a butterfly that was very noticeably flying around. And in a couple moments, I actually felt him. And I say felt as if somebody literally touched right there at the top of my head. It was an amazing feeling. I watched it and I felt it. And it quite literally felt like a confirmation. But I wasn't certain. This is not something that had ever happened to me before that I recall. And certainly something that um, it was quite literally outside of the ordinary, at least from my perspective then. So I put forth my desire again that if God was really trying to connect with me, to really trying to, um, shall we say, make an impression upon me, that I asked my desire clearly and forthrightly, that that butterfly would land again right there on the top of my head. Well, (laughs) my lower self or my ego or my mind, of course, knew that that was an impossible thought, yet nonetheless, that was my request, just like of a child. And within a couple moments, and watching that butterfly dance around the blue skies and the red rocks, it touched the top of my head. And it made a momentous impression upon me, as if to say, do you understand? Having felt that and really being touched in that way is a very private moment, and yet one which I've shared before and I share with you now, because in your choice to meditate and go into a place of allowing yourself to put forth a simple desire, and the action came with me realizing that there was a lot for me to do with this connection that I had put forth. I'm sharing that with you today as a result of that meditative desire and action that was called upon me some time ago. Thank you for listening. 
For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others, too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.